Welcome to Shireen Conversations. I'm your host, Marjana Paravan. On today's episode, I am joined by Golsa Khamiri, better known as Goldie. Goldie is an Iranian-Canadian politician in the province of Ontario. As a politician, she knows she needs to be in touch with her community at all times. And as a millennial, she knows the best way is through social media. At the start of COVID, she started her own personal TikTok account and has since dedicated much of her personal time to educating others about the lack of fundamental human rights in Iran, led under the Islamic regime since 1979. And on September 16th, when Masa Amini was murdered, she made sure it was part of her job to continue to post and stay up to date on all things happening in Iran for all of us listening and what we can do to help. Hi, Goldie John. Thank you so much for joining me today on Shading Conversations. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you for multiple reasons. I told you this on the side. Um, The excitement really comes from the fact that you've been so vocal on TikTok, on social media, um, for the Iranians, for non-Iranians, to get the word out about what is happening on a daily basis. The the good, the bad, the ugly, everything that's been going on um, after the death death of Masa Amini um, and bringing awareness to our country of Iran. And I really appreciate everything that you've been doing for us. Well, thank you so much, Marjana John, and thank you for inviting me to be here. It's uh, my pleasure to, to join you and I'm happy to talk about this. I mean, I wish it was obviously under better circumstances to, to talk about what's going on in Iran, but um, I think this is such an important topic. And I think what you're doing is, is going to be very, very helpful to amplify the voices of Iranian women. Thank you so much. And I agree with you, you know, and it's, it's unfortunate circumstances, but, you know, the conversation and you, you created a, a platform and an opportunity for all of us to be able to come to you and ask you the questions and you've been able to break it down in a way that people can understand. It's not in a way that feels very tailored or, you know, in big words that people are like, mm-hmm. you know, where do I go? You give us the opportunity to find the resources to actually look for it ourselves. And so my first question for you, you know, as a politician in Canada, what made you actually take the time out to use your platform to dedicate the time to talk about the things that are going on in Iran? Um, So one of the little known facts about me is that I'm the first Iranian Canadian woman politician to be elected in Canada. Um, So right there, that's kind of like a first. Um, And although I do have various social media platforms, you know, I have um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, they're all basically used for um, my work related purposes. My TikTok account, uh, on the other hand, is something that I created back in early 2020, uh, approximately April of 2020 when the pandemic first hit and it was more just like a personal account, a way to keep in touch with friends, family during isolation. And it's always really been sort of almost kind of like a blog in a sense. You know, I started sharing my journey as a politician and sharing funny stories and, you know, making funny videos and sometimes talking about politics. Um, And, you know, in those past two and a half years, I did in fact, sometimes posts about the situation in in Iran and what what has happened in the past, but they never really picked up traction. It was only after the brutal murder of Masa Amini at the hands of the terrorist illegitimate Islamic regime in Iran that I kind of started 
posting a bit more about it. And what really set off my TikTok account was, um, so on September 20th, I made a video um, and I used, you know, a trending audio on TikTok. And I made a video showing how Iran's morality police treat women. And I showed how they're dragging women away in vans, oftentimes screaming and kicking. And then I contrasted that with the Iranian people taking off their hijab and protesting and fighting for freedom and democracy. And at that time, I had approximately 48,000 followers. And when I posted that video, it immediately went viral. And currently, it currently has almost 600,000 views. And my TikTok account started blowing up. And that's when I realized there is an interest here. People are interested in knowing what's happening in Iran. And so I started posting more and more and more. And, you know, a month later, as it stands, I have over 128,000 followers. So within a month, I went from a platform of 48,000 to 128,000. And TikTok has always been a personal account for me. Um, However, now it's kind of shifted and it's become such an incredible platform to share what's happening in Iran and to amplify the voices of the Iranian people with people who had no idea what's happening and what's been happening in Iran for 43 years. It's so true. And, you know, I've, I've seen your videos and I've seen that you're in the streets with the people in Ontario. You're actually, you're on the microphones, you're taking the time and you've, you've made, you're, you know, the people, your constituents, the people there, they say it, this is your personal time that you're taking out to be there. Yeah. And like you mentioned, your TikTok is your personal page. And the fact that your audience has blown up in a matter of a month in 2020, before all of this, before Masa Amini, before all of this, shows that people are listening. But do you find that it's interesting that people are listening, and I say this in quotes, but there's very little movement that has really happened. And I say little movement in a way that's we see it. We're seeing a lot of videos, we're seeing a lot of, you know, a lot of allies, a lot of people that are helping and spreading the word, but it's feels like it's not enough because we haven't really captured the attention, especially here in the States, in America, the attention of the media. Um, I saw an article recently that says that in the news and especially American, um, the media, we're only getting one to four minutes attention on the news. And if we go out in the streets, unfortunately, I went to a doctor's appointment and my eyes were puffy the other day and they're like, is everything okay? And I'm like, you know, I'm just really crying because I feel like a sense of guilt that uh, I'm not in the front lines, not with those individuals in the streets, how brave these young individuals are, the things that are going on in Iran. They're like, what's going on in Iran? I'm like, you know, it's like, keep your composure. Like, how do you, how do you educate it? So how do you feel as though what we're doing is not enough? Do you feel like there's, there could be more done besides just getting on our social media pages and posting I think I think what we're doing is is kind of like a snowball effect. I mean, everything starts small. Um, you know, think of a small snowball and you kind of pack it up and it's fist size and you start rolling it down a hill. And maybe in the beginning it might be small, but as it continues going down that hill, rolling and rolling, it gathers up more snow and it becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I think that's what's happening right now. And, you know, just like you, sometimes I feel frustrated because when I see some of the horrific 
videos and images coming out of Iran. Um, when I hear the horrific stories of, for example, seven-year-old girl, um, Helen Ahmadi, who was shot by a sniper, um, the brutal murder of Mahsa Amini at the hands of the terrorists and illegitimate Islamic regime in Iran, I think to myself, what can I do? What can I do? But the people of Iran have consi consistently said, be our voice, share our message, make us heard. And so I think the more we're able to share the message and spread the word, especially since the Islamic regime has shut down internet in Iran. So it's very difficult to get news out of there. Now, there are a few reliable news outlets that, um, that I follow and um, are very popular. Taspir 1500 is one of them. Iran International is another. Uh, Masi uh, Ali Nishad obviously is another one. Um, sharing their videos. And every day, more and more people are finding out about what's going on. And I've actually created um, a playlist on my TikTok account, which is entitled How to Help the People of Iran. And the first way that people can help is by liking, sharing, and doing. Because um, the thing with media, and this is one of the things I've learned as a politician since getting elected in 2018, the media is really interested in, in two types of stories. The first type of story are stories that, you know, pull at your heartstrings and make you emotional. You know, think of like the five-year-old kid who um, has a lemonade stand to raise money for cancer patients, for example. You know, something that's very emotional and makes you feel good. The other type of story that the media likes are those stories that generate clickbait. And, you know, of course, um, the media, especially several media outlets, are... Um, motivated by generating income. And part of that income generation is creating stories that are of interest to people. And so what I say to people is, if this is an issue that's important to you, if the fact that the people of Iran are fighting for freedom and democracy against a brutal and terrorist Islamic regime in Iran, if that's important to you, if that fight is important to you, then keep on liking, sharing, doing on TikTok, sharing videos on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, keep the issue trending because that's what generates media interest. And it's interesting because I've had media interviews, um, not just locally in Ontario, but I've had media interviews um, in the United States. I've had media interviews in Vancouver, BC, which is on the other side of the country, Canada. I even had um, a media interview with a Croatian media TV outlet. So, and, 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 they all found me through my TikToks because my videos were trending and going viral. So um, I know it seems like it's not a lot to um, like share duet videos, but but it's so important because that's how we can amplify what's happening in Iran. You're so correct. You know, and I know all across the world, um, there's so many, there's a rally happening tomorrow. I know I'm going to be going to one in LA. Um, but I'll be going to one in Ottawa. You are. That's yeah, amazing. Yeah. You know, and I, you know, I shared um, Middle East uh, Matters had all of the posts of all of um, different places all around the world that having these rallies. And I shared that on my social media page, just like a screen recording of all of these different posters with different locations. And it actually did capture a lot of attention. And immediately after that, I posted um, the video of, um, you know, the video of uh, Gazale getting literally yeah her own video, her 32 year old that was shot a month ago. But I think this video just surfaced yesterday of her yeah. unintentionally filming herself getting shot. And yeah. 
that video that video sense like just gives me chills I just, sorry I just like, got chills too and I actually I actually posted that video on TikTok this morning the exact yeah. same video because I think it's so important for people to see the horrific reality of what innocent people in Iran face and, absolutely yeah. and the unfortunate truth about that is when we've been yelling like say her name Asamini Hadis, you know Gazalet this was in September 26, I believe all of these names started to surface as a hashtag, but this video surfaced yesterday of her actually unintentionally videotaping herself. And when that trigger warning happened and people saw that is when people were like, oh my, this is horrifying. And it makes you feel as though, do you have to continue seeing actual footage of people getting killed to actually make a stand, to say something, to regram that video, to see a little girl like Helen marching in the streets to know that this could be my child. Um, but you're so right. It's a snowball effect of these. It's like they might not be attracted to the first post, but it could be the next. So I think I appreciate I, it. I think that's so true. Um, and sorry, I'm just scrolling through my TikTok account because I want to find a particular video that I posted. Um, so I posted a video about... Um, Hadith Najafi mm-hmm. um, the day after she was brutally murdered and I think part of the challenge with <clears throat> I think part of the challenge with people who are not Iranian is that it's very difficult to connect with someone from a very different country because um, typically and this is unfortunately due to the propaganda released by the Islamic regime in Iran um, a lot of non-Iranians view the people of Iran as anti-West or anti-US or whatever the case might be. And that's not the truth at all. The reality is that the Islamic regime has been using propaganda not only to control and subdue the people of Iran, but to create a very huge division between Mm -hmm. Iranian people and others because they don't want other people to sympathize or empathize with Iranians. Um, and so Hadis Najafi, one of the um, unfortunately early victims uh, in the protests, she was actually a TikToker. She had a TikTok account yes. and she made these fantastic videos. And, you know, she was Gen Z. And just like any other regular, normal girl out there, she made TikTok videos of herself dancing and wearing, you know, fashionable outfits. However, the difference is that she could only do that in the privacy of her bedroom because women are not allowed to wear what they want outside. And I found her TikTok account and I took her last video, which she posted in late August, and I posted it on my own TikTok account. And that video has over 217,000 views right now. And I basically, you know, the message was Iranians are TikTokers just like you. And I think sharing that on that platform really sends the message to people outside of Iran that Iranians are no different than anyone else. We want the same thing as everyone else. We want freedom. We want democracy. We want to be able to walk around in public without covering our hair. We want to be able to dance in public without going into jail. We want to be able to hold hands, to you know, even kiss in public, or even to walk walk our dogs. I mean, having a dog in Iran is is illegal and, and People are shocked when they hear that. And so, yeah, I think just posting real life footage is a really good way of humanizing the people of Iran and allowing non-Iranians to be able to better identify and empathize with what they're going through. 
That's so true. No, and I love the way you said humanize because I did see that TikTok that you posted of Hadis and I didn't actually know that she had a TikTok. And it makes me think of all those individuals who liked those videos prior to this happening of her dancing and her followers. Did mm-hmm. they put the correlation together that that was her mm-hmm. um, and seeing all of that? So no, I appreciate you bringing that up because that is very true. And I actually did want to bring up one of my like more of my last questions to you before I open it up and have you bring up anything that you would like to share with my audience is that yesterday you posted this news article that I really wanted to bring light to. And um, I love the way that you put this together. Um, There was this, um, the news about the U.S., um, how they were talking about the nuclear talks while the president here in the U.S. is talking about supporting Iran. And, um, but at the same time, they still want to revive the 2015 nuclear accord. Um, what is that in layman's terms, I guess, in the way to make that more easier for our audience to understand? What does that really mean? I mean, at the end of the day, you actually said it perfectly in your TikTok video. Basically, that means if this actually deal does go through, this means that it's going to give the Islamic regime billions of dollars of economic relief. Mm-hmm. What does that mean to the individuals of Iran that are protesting in the streets today? So, um If this nuclear deal between Iran and the U.S. goes through, then that's going to free up a lot of money and assets that are currently frozen. And um, Iran, the Islamic regime in Iran is one of the largest sponsors of terrorism around the world. It's a well-known fact. Um, I've actually posted a video. um, I've started posting a series of videos about how the Islamic regime actually uses external mercenaries to kill Iranian people. And those external mercenaries are funded by the Islamic regime. But what this means for Americans is that American taxpayer dollars will then go directly to the Islamic regime. And the Islamic regime will use those billions of American taxpayer dollars to buy weapons or to train terrorists. And that terrorism is not just going to impact Iranians, but it's going to impact people around the world. And so that nuclear deal is so important. And one of the challenges with politics is sometimes everything seems so foreign and hard to understand what's going on. But if, if you actually break it down into layman's terms, what this nuclear deal really means is that if Joe Biden signs, and I'm not trying to get political here, I'm just trying no, to no, of look at it from look at it from like a like an objective perspective, providing information. If this nuclear deal goes through, then the Iran the Islamic regime is going to get billions of dollars, and they're going to continue to suppress the people of Iran. And there's never going to be freedom and democracy in Iran because then the Islamic regime is going to have even more money to buy weapons and to buy arms to suppress its own people. And in fact, um, recent recent news has come out and footage is showing that um, Russia is using, Russia is using drones and weapons purchased from Iran to attack the people of Ukraine. So even if you have no connection with Iran, but if you care about what's happening in Ukraine, then what's happening in Iran is also of importance because, again, this is how the Islamic regime supports terrorism around the world. And this is why I wanted this to be one of my final questions to you, because Mm -hmm. a lot of people are like, why should I care? You know, I know that they don't say it in those words, but 
when we're breaking it down at the end of the day, it's like, why should I care? It doesn't affect me personally. I might not know many Iranians. I might enjoy their food. I might have a colleague. I might know someone here and there, but why should I care? At the end of the day, it all does come down to it. It does impact anyone at the end of the day. And that's why I felt really important to bring that up, though, at the end of the day, that it does all spiral back and impact us one way or another. Um, Freedom, the definition of that, does come back into it in a different way. And yeah, I think for Americans, um, there's a really, really important quote that I think is relevant in this scenario. And it's from Martin Luther King. And Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so for people thinking, why should I care? What's happening in Iran might not directly impact Americans, but it indirectly impacts them. Because again, Iran is one of the leading sponsors of terrorism around the world. And a free and democratic Iran is not just good for the people of Iran, it's good for people all around the world. And, you know, again, the Islamic regime for 43 years has worked hard to create this divide between Iranians and Americans. And for the longest time it worked. Because prior to social media, there was no way for people around the world to communicate directly. All they could do is rely on media outlets. And, um, you know, as Iranians, we all know that media outlets located in Iran are controlled by the Islamic regime. And it's basically a propaganda tool. So um, after the 1979 Islamic Revolution, for the first 30 or so years, Um, the Islamic regime controlled that narrative and made everyone outside of Iran think that Iranians hate the U.S. However, that's never been the case. That's not true at all. Um, As you fully well know, because your parents immigrated to the U.S. to get away from the Islamic regime. And and same with my family. My parents also immigrated Um, and left Iran after the Islamic Revolution and came to Canada in 86 to get away from that brutal regime. And so even though the Islamic regime has tried to use their propaganda to control that narrative, with the creation of social media, Iranians have been able to not only share their message directly with the world, but also to communicate directly with the world. And there are some beautiful images that have come out of Iran in the past. Um, For example, During the George Floyd protests, Iranians in Iran held vigils for George Floyd in -hmm. solidarity with American people. And I mean, that had nothing to do with them, but they did it anyway, because again, as Martin Luther King said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And so I'm just really hoping that we, as a global, global community, can come together and support the people of Iran in their fight for freedom and democracy. And, you know, if, if anyone really wants to um, kind of understand or maybe think of like an, an example of what it's like to live in Iran, I, um, if anyone has read The Handmaid's Tale, mm-hmm. Margaret Atwood, Margaret Atwood herself has said that The Handmaid's Tale is, um, is inspired by the 1979 Islamic Revolution and how the government has treated not just Iranian people, but Iranian women. Wow. Yeah, no, I read that somewhere, but it's it's a great note to point because I think that 
will show. I feel like that was Handmaid's Tale was like the biggest show to watch too. I feel yeah. like right before COVID. So I feel like if there's a lot of people who are like skeptical to understand it. If they've watched that, at least they can put two and two together to be like, okay, mm-hmm. this makes sense now. So no, I really appreciate you bringing all of that to light, bringing all of this information, dedicating a lot of your personal time to, you know, sharing all of this to make it really, especially for the U.S. You know, I know that you being a politician in Canada, but to share with us in the U.S., Americans, what we can do, because as an Iranian American, for me, it's definitely been a struggle to get the word out. So I applaud you for all the work that you've done, Goldie. I appreciate that. Well, thank you, Major Dune. And I applaud everything that you are doing. And I think this podcast is a fantastic initiative and, you know, you're a fantastic role model. And it's, I'm always, I'm always so happy to see Iranian women in various roles and in, in ver- not just um, roles, but in various leadership roles and, in, you know, um, uh, what is, what's the, what's the phrase called? Um, Iranian women trailblazing in areas that they haven't before. And, you know, you're trailblazing in this area of podcasts and you're, you're creating a space for the voices of Iranian women. And I think that is absolutely phenomenal. Um, and it's, I'm always just so inspired by the courage and the leadership and the tenacity of Iranian women. So thank you for everything you're doing as well. Well, thank you. And I can't wait like to see what comes out of this revolution because of these young women, these seven-year-olds, 10-year-olds that are actually in the streets in Iran doing this. I can't mm-hmm. wait to see what they're going to be doing in the future and what they're going to be bringing to light too. So I appreciate those you know, kind words. Thank you. There's there's an interesting uh, uh, phrase going around. I've heard it a few times now. And, um, you know, as you know, this is the first, this is, I think, the first revolution in the history of civilization that has been spearheaded by women. It's true. And, yeah. Uh, and so there's there's a, a phrase going around, and I want to share it with you. And uh, basically, it says, Iran has been in the past known for its rugs, cats, and oil. But moving forward, Iran is going to be known for its women. Yes, I'm all for that. So that's me too. I'm so proud to be an Iranian woman. So me too. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that with me and my audience. Thank you very much for having me and allowing me to uh, and, and giving me the platform to share the voice of the people of Iran. Absolutely. Anytime. For more inspiring interviews, head on over to ShireenConversations.com. If you like today's show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review and follow on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Sheeting Conversations. You can also watch episodes on YouTube. I'm Majina Paravon, and you've been listening to Sheeting Conversations. Thank you.